0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to the Life Transformation Show. I'm your co-host, Denise Hart, and I'm excited to have you join us for another insightful episode. Today's topic is Seven Types of Love, a three-part series. And with me here in studio is psychotherapist Michael Hart. Welcome, Michael.
1: Thank you, Denise. It's such a pleasure to be back in studio to do yet another show. And it's always a pleasure to be here to engage with our listeners uh, on such important topics.
0: Absolutely, Michael. Now, listeners, I want to start by asking you a thought-provoking question. What type of love relationship Are you currently in? It's a question that might seem very simple, but as we go through today's show, you're going to discover that understanding the type of love relationship you're in is crucial for nurturing and enhancing your relationships.
1: That's right, and throughout this episode, we will delve into the concept of love and explore the seven different types of love that often exist in our lives, the seven types of love that psychologists have identified. It's intriguing, Denise O., We often, our people often use the phrase, I love you, yet fail to realize that this single statement can mean different things to different people. And also, love is fluid. By this, I mean it is changeable and doesn't remain the same throughout the life of a relationship. So you might find that as we talk about these seven types of love, that you may identify that at a certain stage in your marriage, you identified as a certain kind, but you are now more in, in another of the seven types that we'll talk about.
0: Sure, Michael. It's fascinating how often couples find themselves in conflicts because they have different expectations of what love means in their relationship. So often we assume that other partners' understanding of love aligns perfectly with ours, only to find out that we've been operating under different definitions all along.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point, Denise, and that creates a lot of problem. And that's precisely why today's discussion is crucial. By the end of this three-part series, you will not only be able to identify which type of love you're experiencing in your relationship, but you will also gain. Insights, insights into how to improve and nurture that love relationship, making your relationship stronger.
0: So whether you are dating, married for years or newlyweds, understanding the nuances of these seven types of love will undoubtedly shed light on your interactions and help you build healthier and more fulfilling connections.
1: That's right. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Don't change your dial as we embark on this enlightening journey on the seven types of love.
0: Get ready, listeners. So grab your notebook and get ready to dive into the world of love and connection. Thank you for tuning in to the Live Transformation Show. Let's get started. Okay, Michael. Let's dive right into the heart of today's show. What is the first of the seven types of love?
1: The first of the seven type of love is what psychologists call liking love. It's a type of relationship that is characterized by low, by high emotional intimacy. In other words, the partners who is in this type of relationship, they know a lot about each other's life. There is a strong emotional connection, yet it tends to be low in both passion and commitment so essentially in liking love l-i-k-i-n-g in liking love individuals feel close and comfortable with each other but there there might not be a profound romantic spark or a strong sense of long-term commitment
0: that makes sense michael could you provide an example that illustrates these aspects? So I think
1: an, a, you could use a, 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 a an example of a couple by the name of Jack and Jill. This is just for illustration. It's not an actual couple. So Jack and Jill, they have been close friends since their college days they share common interests they have a deep connect connection and deep conversations because of this these common interests however their relationship is more like a strong friendship rather than a passionate romance or a committed partnership
0: i understand the low passion and commitment aspects but could you explain how their emotional connection and shared interest play into liking love?
1: Certainly. So so Jack and Jill continue to enjoy spending time together. They engage in activities they both like, like hiking, watching movies, and they have a deep, deep conversations about their lives. Their emotional connection is strong and they provide each others with support and understanding. They trust each others and they're open about their thoughts and feelings. So there is that connection as a result of those factors. But as I said before, there is no commitment and also there is no strong passion in the relationship.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is that even though liking love might lack intense passion and commitment, it still holds value in their relationship. Absolutely.
1: So liking love offers a unique form of companionship and emotional support. It can be good for one's mental health. So while it may not have the same level of passion or commitment as other types of love, it can still bring joy, satisfaction and deep connection between the individuals involved.
0: So, this show um, is known for using scriptures um, whenever we discuss any topics, Michael. So can you give an example of liking love from scriptures?
1: Although we cannot say for sure that the example that I'm going to, f- to give that it fits exactly the criteria for liking love, I think the biblical story that comes the closest is the relationship between Jacob. And Leah. So in the biblical narrative, Jacob initially intended to marry Rachel, whom he loved. The Bible says that he loved her deeply. However, Laban, Rachel's father, deceived Jacob by giving him Leah instead of Rachel. And so despite this unexpected turn of events, Jacob and Leah eventually formed a relationship that I think was more like liking love. They had to raise a family together. They had to, to take care. They had common interests, like in the example of Jack and Jill, but there was not any real passion. There was low passion in that relationship because Jacob's initial passion was directed towards Rachel. And the circumstances of Leah's marriage to Jacob were far from romantic. This lack of mutual romantic attraction meant that the passionate aspect of their relationship was limited. We also see that there was low commitment, despite the fact that they, they were married. They were low commitment. Jacob was more committed to Rachel than to Leah. And so even though they managed to forge, to, to, to forge some kind of of relationship going forward that work for their family system it was very low in romantic passion and low in commitment because Jacob loved Rachel and he was more committed to Rachel than to Leah. So that relationship, that example, biblical example, I think is the closest that we we get to a relationship about liking love.
0: So I always find myself, you know, having... Some sort of uh, sadness or compassion for Leah because she did not put herself, uh, ask for this kind of relationship, you know? So, Michael, what should someone do if they find themselves stuck in liking type love relationship but are no longer satisfied and want to take it to a deeper level,
1: that's a great question and I'm sure there's someone listening today who is in the exact that type of relationship. And I think the problem occurs then is when there is one person in that relationship who wants to take it deeper. And in the in the biblical example that we gave, it was Leah that wanted to take it to a deeper level, but Jacob wasn't interested because his heart was elsewhere. And so, in liking type of relationships today, uh there might be one of the partner who is interested in dating other people, who wants to have an open, they call an open relationship, and the other partner might not be satisfied. So, back to your question, what should someone do if they find themselves in such a situation? I would say, first of all, have honest, and open communication. Express your feelings and thoughts to your partner. Let them know that you value the relationship and want to explore the possibility of deepening your connection. And so engage in this mutual exploration of the relationship. Discuss with your partner their feelings and desires about the relationship as well. It's important to ensure that both of you are on the same page and willing to work together to deepen the connection. So Leah didn't do that. She was working just based on her own strategy to deepen the relationship. But there needs to be mutual exploration. And be prepared for any outcome, understanding that despite your efforts, the relationship may not evolve in the way that you hope. It's important to be prepared for any outcome and to focus on your own well-being and happiness.
0: Those are great points Michael and um, I want to continue with this story of Leo and Rachel. Let's uh, delve a little bit deeper. What mistakes do you think Leah made in her attempt to deepen her relationship with Jacob? That's a very
1: good question, Denise, and we
0: see that in the biblical account
1: of Jacob and, and Leah and Rachel, there, there is that love triangle, and we can identify some mistake. One significant mistake was that she saw having a son for Jacob as the solution to her desire for his affection. She believed that by bearing him children, she could win his love and attention and deepen the commitment so what she was trying to do was to get Jacob to fall passionately in love with her and to have him commit to her instead of Rachel but that was a mistake because it didn't work
0: so how did this mis- um approach lead to mistakes in her pursuit
1: well Leah focus on bearing sons for Jacob meant was meant to secure his love was a, was problematic for a few reasons. First, she wasn't prepared for any possible outcome. And if you're in a liking relationship, it's important for you to prepare for any, any possible outcome. Her hope was entirely hinged on a specific result, winning Jacob's love by giving him children. This narrow perspective then is left her vulnerable to disillusionment and disappointment if things didn't unfold as she expected.
0: So it really sounds like you're saying that she had a very specific expectation of how things should actually turn out.
1: Absolutely. She had her mind made up that this was the way. So so Leah's approach didn't uh, factor the fact that maybe Jacob didn't, Fine. They didn't feel the way that that she felt.
0: So how this how does this play out in the story? So
1: in the book of Genesis, chapter twenty-nine, we see how Leah's pursuit of Jacob's affection led her to become bitter. When she gave birth to her first son, she named him Reuben, which means "see a son." She hoped that by giving Jacob a son, he could finally see her and love her. However, her plan didn't yield the desired results. Jacob's feeling for Leah remained unchanged.
0: Oh, so her attempts to deepen this relationship by having children with Jacob—it just didn't bring her the affection she sought.
1: Right. As a matter of fact, each time she bore a son, she seemed to hold onto the belief that this would win his love. But her emotional investment in this narrow goal blinded her to the reality of their relationship and the possibility that his feelings might not change.
0: Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Live Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Ealing County counseling services has been speaking on the topic seven types of love a three-part series you can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com, where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Back to Michael. So
1: in a nutshell, what I'm saying, Dennis, is that sometimes in liking love, people make assumptions about what they need to do to take the relationship deeper without having communication. But there has to be clear communication to come up with mutual goals as to what type of relationship they're going to have as a couple to move forward.
0: Now that we have gained a deeper understanding of liking love and its role in relationships, let's transition to another fascinating aspect of love. What would be your second type of love? The second type
1: of love that I want to talk about is infatuated love. And infatuated love is marked by intense passion and attraction, particularly in the early stages of the relationship. It's often driven by powerful emotions and a strong physical desire. So individuals in this stage of love or this type of love often experience a rush of emotion and strong desire to be close to their partner. However, here is the difference. Here, here is what's wrong with infatuated love. Infatuated love doesn't have the element of emotional intimacy and commitment that are essential for a lasting relationship. Infatuated love, in other words, is low in both intimacy and Commitment. So whereas liking love and emotional intimacy because the partners knew a lot about each other, in this example, in in infatuated love, we see that there is a lack of emotional commitment, lack of emotional intimacy, but high high attraction and high passion, but there is also no commitment.
0: So Michael. Great points. It's fascinating how infatuated love can be so exhilarating yet complex. So, can you think of a biblical example that captures the features of infatuated love?
1: Yes. uh, One that comes to mind, Denise, is the story between the, the biblical story between Dinah and Shishem in the book of Genesis. In Genesis 34, we encounter the story of, of this, this, these two, uh, these two—they weren't exactly a couple. The story of—I would say—the story of Dinah and Shechem. So Dinah is the daughter of Jacob and Leah, and she caught the attention of Shechem, a prince from a city where Jacob's Jacob's family was living. Shechem was infatuated with Dinah's beauty and was in, and was immediately in love with her, leading him to become deeply armoured by her presence and taken advantage of her.
0: So, Michael, how did this infatuation impact their relationship?
1: So, we see that Shisham's infatuation led him to, to have sexual intercourse with her without her consent, and unfortunately, this, this resulted in her in in her boundaries being violated and her honor being taken away. So, his desire for her didn't take her into consideration. He was more concerned about the passion that he had and fulfilling that passion. So, as the story unfolded, he expressed a strong desire to marry her. And so what is happening here is that he's infatuated with her. He hardly knows anything about her, but he just wants to marry her based on how she looks after taking advantage of her sexually. And we find this in Genesis 34, verse 3 and,
0: and 4. This doesn't sound like a good relationship. It seems that their relationship was just based more on passionate attraction rather than emotional connection. So on the other hand, it doesn't seem like much of a relationship as the infatuation seems to just be one-sided on Shisham's sides.
1: Yes, absolutely, that is. You're, you're right. The infatuation is only on Shisham's part, and that, that highlights the fact that infatuation can be one-sided. Sometimes in stalking relationship, where people are being stalked, the people that are doing the stalking, they're infatuated. They know, know nothing of the person that they're stalking, but there is a twisted passion that is there, that is leading them to feel that they need this other person at any cost. And so we see this, that this, this one-sided interest, and and Dinah in that case being disinterested. However, the story of Dinah and Shisham reflects several key aspects of infatuated love, including the Intense passion that, that mark this type of, 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 of love relationship. A lack of, but there's also a lack of emotional intimacy. And there, because of this lack of emotional intimacy, People who are infatuated can make great miscalculation about the person that they are in love with, and this can have disastrous consequences.
0: So, Michael, help us understand how this story of Dina and Shishem unfold further. The situation
1: became very complicated, so Shisham's desire to marry Dino prompted a discussion between their families. This is after he took advantage of her. However, Dino's brothers reacted with a mix of anger and manipulation. They accepted the marriage proposal under the condition that all the men in the city should undergo undergo circumcision, which was a Jewish practice at the time. So by doing so, they were saying, if you want to, if you want our daughter, you need to become one of us.
0: So that's quite an unexpected turn of events what was the reasoning behind this condition
1: so I think it's it's more manipulation than anything else so the man for for circumcision was actually a disguise by Diana's brother they were seeking revenge for the dishonor of their sister and so as the story unfolds we see that the misjudgment of Shisham into thinking I can uh, I can force sex on this woman and then her brothers are going to think that I am the most wonderful person that should have her hand in marriage. And we see that often in infatuated love, people miscalculate and make bad decisions as a result.
0: So those are valuable insights, Michael. It's remarkable how the biblical stories can mirror the complexities of love in our own lives. So you've given the biblical um, example so now, could you provide a modern day example of infatuated love using a hypothetical uh, couple? All
1: right, so let's use the example of a couple, let's say Margaret and Mark. This couple met at a music festival and instantly felt a strong connection. Their, sh- their shared love for music and similar interests that they had created this instant bond between them. And so the, the the passion for each other grew very quickly. They couldn't get enough of each other's company and they spent all of their free time together. And as a result, they felt this intense attraction and magnetic presence pull towards one another so there there is undeniable a lot of chemistry and passion as and they found themselves in this whirlwind of excitement and emotions as the weeks passed by, Mark begins to talk of marriage and wanting to start a family, but Margaret felt as if she hardly knew him. So, his infatuation was stronger, and Margaret felt that the pace at which he was going was way too fast for her.
0: So, What should someone do if they find themselves in an infatuated love relationship where much like this example of Margaret, things are moving too fast for comfort before they really have a chance to get to know each other?
1: So I think the first is to self-reflect, have self-reflection. Take some time for self-reflection. Assess your feelings and evaluate the pace of the relationship. Consider whether your emotions are driven by genuine compatibility and connection, or if they are primarily fueled by excitement and infatuation. Secondly, there need to be communication, open communication, express your feelings and and concerns about the pace of the relationship. Let the other person know that you value the connection, but feel that things are moving too quickly and set boundaries, set clear boundaries with your, with the other person. Communicate what pace feels more comfortable for you and discuss how you can both work Together to come up with a with a, a, a pace that works for the relationship. And and next point is to prioritize emotional intimacy. Infatuation moves too fast ahead of emotional intimacy. Get to know the other person. Get to know their family. Get to know their likes and dislike. And lastly, spend time apart. Give yourself the space to reflect individually and to, to make come to a place where you can not be wrapped up in your emotions but make rational decisions about the relationship.
0: We have quickly come to the end of today's show. Thank you, Michael. We have covered a lot of information today and I trust that our listeners found this show helpful. Remember, Life Transformation airs every Monday morning at 9.30. Please consider making a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Please tune in next week as we continue on this topic of seven types of love.
1: So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart. And co-host, Denise Hart. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.